You're listening to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke. G'day, I'm Matt Burke, and welcome to 10 Speaks Podcast Talking Rugby. Well, this week's guest made his debut for the Wallabies at the tender age of just 18 years and 126 days, which makes him the second youngest to wear the gold jersey. Incredibly, he played super rugby at just 17. He can play almost anywhere in the back line and has made one of the great rugby comebacks of the modern game. 2019 marks his second appearance at a Rugby World Cup, his first being back in 2011. He has had some drama throughout his career, but no doubt he's blessed with amazing natural ability when it comes to playing the game. I am talking about James O'Connor. Mate, great to have you along. No, thanks very much for having me, mate. Uh, I, I was going to say, it's a, is it a meteoric rise or it's a, a prodigal son story for you? It, whatever it is, it must be so exciting as in playing in Australian gold again. Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, it's, it has been a sort of a, a lot of work sort of put in. And, um, you know, sort of 18 months ago, I, I started this journey to, to get back into the gold and get back home. Um, and to be here now and especially just playing in a World Cup, it's... Uh, yeah, it's incredible. It's a, what an experience. And that experience, uh, mate, there was some tough times in there, you know, way back. Um, it's sort of, I mean, it's interesting because you've you've got your 50th test now. You've ticked that box there. But you could have had so much more. Obviously, you had that time away. Uh, how, was it needed, basically, in, as, as a young bloke? Did it all come too quick for you? Yeah, look, hindsight's a, a beautiful thing. But for me, like, <laughs> it's a tough question because, there is obviously things I would have liked to have done differently and sort of changed, but I've realized the nature of it is without what I went through and without me going away and sort of really discovering who I am and finding what my purpose was and, um, you know, why I play rugby and, um, and getting the love back for the game, I wouldn't be back here and I wouldn't be the man I am off the field. So, uh, you know, it was all uh, part and parcel uh, of the journey. That, uh, I mean, he never actually... I mean, you'd love to change your past, but you can't. That's part of you, but it's how you move forward, I suppose. And how, how was that learning process for you? Did you enjoy uh, the UK when you're over there and your time in France as well? Oh, man, I'm not going to lie. It was tough. It was uh, like even like I went to I went to I went to France and um, it was uh, the start of it was good because it was, you know, it was new rugby and I was sort of away from home in a, in a foreign country and there was sort of the, the pressure was off. It's obviously a lot different sort of playing over there. So I was, that, I was really enjoying my football, but then I like mentally I sort of started spiraling and um, I just, yeah, I just, I just wasn't in a great place. So then once you sort of physically start breaking down and, you know, you're mentally not in the, the correct place and your body sort of follows and you can't physically play the game and, and do what you want to do. So for me, rugby was my whole identity, you know, from the age of sort of 15, that was who I was. It's what I did. So mm. from that point of view, everything gets even deeper into, uh, I guess, a darker place. So yeah, yeah, well, it wasn't enjoyable. There were, there were some great experiences in it. And um, I do, I do thoroughly enjoy my time over there for that, for that sake. But I guess once I moved to the UK, that was sort of when I started, you know, trying to fight my way back and really, you know, knuckle down. And you know, I've I've spoken about it before. I met um, I met a, a group of guys uh, called Save Your World and started working with them. Sort of without their help and sort of their guidance, I wouldn't be back here. That's for sure. I would uh, probably wouldn't be playing rugby. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's a massive call, isn't it? I mean, that's a lot of people probably don't understand that side of it. That you can get lost on the way through, and, and when when people are talking about. Yeah, you're playing a, an easy game, but it's it's there are demons on the way as well, which you've experienced. So it's a, it's a it's a massive call. Yeah, like that's the thing; it goes with it when you're not 
you were not when you're not being able to i guess uh use your your creative the way i see it is everyone's sort of got their own creative genius it's what they put all it's their, their passion you know what they thrive for yeah so for me it's at this point in my life it was rugby and i guess as i was younger it was how i expressed myself you know on the field it's where i sort of where i loved i love playing rugby I, lo I love every part of it and then i sort of uh, i got lost and um i lost i lost that passion for it again and i started playing i guess not so much like for the money and for this and that but that sort of the dark side i guess got a hold of me a little bit yeah um and then and then i just completely lost my way and then when i didn't have the rugby i was like well who who am i like yeah i, I was james o'connor the rugby player I did, that got pulled away from me through injury and through performance and I was on the other side of the world and you're forgotten so it's you have to really sort of start looking at the bigger picture and getting that uh internal you know that internal peace and going through you know shift sifting through your mind and you know really uh going deep into your consciousness and sort of finding out what makes you tick and why am I here and you start asking those those deep questions and no, like I'm not gonna lie it was very tough it was uh it was it was a struggle and many times I didn't think I'd come out of it and I just wanted to sort of run away further. But uh, like I said, with the help of that group and, um, you know, my family and whatnot, I, mm. I'm here. So, What's the, yeah. uh, what's the creative James O'Connor these days? If it's uh, a little bit different to the guy who you know, made Super Rugby debut when you were 17, I think you were still at school when they picked you up, didn't they? I think it was. And then you debuted at 18 yeah. for, for the Wallabies. Uh, well, my role in the team is sort of very different now. It's uh, it's more of a, a server, you know, but in saying that, like, it's just, it's just flowing. It's like, you're, you're getting, you're getting given pictures in front of you every sort of, every phase, every moment of the game. And it's just about reading the defense and adapting and being able to just flow and use your footwork and evasive skills and put someone through a hole and get a second touch. That sort of stuff is, you know, you're just, you're not thinking, you're just in your intuition and you're just in the flow. Like everyone talks mm. about it, the flow state. You're just, you're just vibing on the field and, that's where I'm at peace, you know. As much as you're you're hustling and you're you 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 wanna you work as hard as you can for the for each sort of I guess each game for and for the win in that moment you're just uh, you're at peace. I love that call, that vibing on the go. That that's and that's what you're trying to get to, isn't it? Where everyone is on the same page and you and you're thriving. How how's that thirteen role going for you? If you're if you yeah, that's what you're. Obviously, the position you're at the moment, you're back on the weekend. Yeah, look, I'm I'm enjoying it. I am. It's it's a little different to what I've been playing the last two years. But in saying that, it's also freeing me up to do a couple of the things I hadn't done in the last two years as well. Like I'm getting a couple more one on ones, and I'm getting into those wider channels. And yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable. But I still feel my major role is I'm I'm defending at 13 on the end of the line, which is. I guess that's where I make my best calls and I, I guess I can mm. give my biggest gift to the team in, in a defensive role, helping organize that and bring that link between the inside guys and those sort of edge forwards and the outside backs because it's where I've sort of spent most of my time. But in, a, in an attacking role, um, I've got license to sort of roam around. I'm playing as that second ball player and linking up with being that link again, trying to get our danger man yeah. the ball and get them into space. Tell me, what's it like playing outside of Samu Karevi, the world's biggest human? He, he is an absolute wrecking ball. It must be nice to just sort of, you know, slink your way through on, on the back of his hard work sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, look, he's, he's a freak athlete. We've got a couple of them in the team. But uh, I think what people don't understand as well is he's got a very good rugby mind. Like, he makes very good decisions at the line, which is something I'm trying to encourage him to make those calls more, not only in attack but in defence. Like, uh, he's... 
He's got great vision, yeah. Talk to me uh, about, you had a chat about, uh, or with Jordan Pataya this week, uh, the young bloke made his debut, uh, and there was, now we, we built it up so much here with, with uh, you know, the, what's happening and, and on the news and the rest of it. Uh, is it exciting to see the young guy go through? What did you say to him? Uh, look, to be honest, I, I don't want to sort of take that moment away from him because he's done all the work and it's not a piece of advice that I've given him that's, you know, changed anything really for him. I've just, you know, I'm just there and, you know, when I see him around, we like I, I get along with Jordan well. He's, he's a good man. So I've just tried to part on some of the wisdom that was sort of handed down to me from the older guys when I first debuted and also just from my experiences, I guess, coming through that whole journey. Uh, but look, he's he's got a very um, calm demeanor about him. Yeah, uh, he's obviously on the field. He's an animal. He can do freakish things. But he's got that. I've spoken about it before. He's got that composure where you know he's he, well, he's playing in the moment. He he really enjoys his footy. So as long as he can keep his injuries under check at the moment, he'll uh, he's going to be a great asset for us. I, I tell you what, you got you got to be uh, you got to change your tack. You say it's all about you, mate. You you made the difference. That's what you got to say. It was all about your pep talk. That's what. <laughs> That's that's the go. The senior member of the team now. I like it. <laughs> no, I can't take credit for that. Like, to be honest, there's probably a lot of other guys in the team that have given him pep talks as well. But uh, like, he's his own man. You can see it. He's uh, he's wise above his years. What what about, uh, I mean, we look back at that game against uh, Uruguay that the boys played just gone. Uh, a, a good win. James Slipper. Talk us through that one now. I mean, you've You've started when you were sort of 18 and 100 and not many days and, and scored plenty of tries. Uh, he, he's been there for years and years and years and got across the line. Did everyone know that he yeah. that he'd not scored a try before? Is that that's, yeah. That was the reaction, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I think he's played, what, 95 or 96 tests and he hadn't scored a try. And I think maybe there's only yeah. one other person in test footy who's played 100 games and never got a try. So. We're all aware of it. There's a, there's been a few jokes, obviously, around before before the match, and then as soon as he got over the line, it was a, it was a very sort of special moment for the whole squad. You know, it really connected us, and like Slips is a, a massive part of the team. He's got such a contagious energy, and he's just like a good Aussie bloke. So once once he scored, it was yeah, it was special. It was good. You could you could see that uh, you're right. You could see that positivity coming out with uh, amongst the team. I, I, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're too happy with Taniel Tupo coming over and planting one on the cheek. There, that was a, that was an interesting look. So, well, yeah, it's quite, also, it's yeah, also the solid. fact that Slips would hate the attention as well. He would hate the fact that everyone sort of come <laughs> in and made such a big deal about it. He would, he just likes to sort of fly under the radar. So I think that made it even more yeah. special. Workmanlike, as they, I think they call it, workmanlike. That's hey, it. Um, let's let's uh, let's move forward. You're 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 now uh, being selected for this game on the weekend against Georgia or Friday against Georgia. Uh, first thing, how's how's it all going? Uh, and the big picture, you you get through this game, you got quarterfinals. Are you speaking about sort of the next week, or is it all about the here and now? Yeah, it's all about the here and now. Like it's funny because I've almost for myself personally, I've changed mindset. Like you had the World Cup to play rugby, but also to just experience everything. You know, you're you're taking in the culture and you're you're here for the job, but your 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 blink is, is sort of open to you know, the whole experience. And I guess this week it sort of shifted. It's like you can feel the, the vibe in the group. It's like, okay, this is a job. George is it. Mm. Where our mind and our sole focus is just literally on, on each day of training leading up to it. And there's nothing else in the whole world that matters right now apart from us unloading on Georgia and taking it up that next level where we need to be to make a statement in this tournament. 
And is that what it is, uh, James, at the moment? Is it like trying to go that next level? Because the performances have been, they've been good, but they've been a, a bit, I suppose you could say, a sort of uh, in parts they're great, in parts they're not so great. Is it about put, putting the, the, the proper performance on the part? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like there's a couple like consistency, balance, all these things, but we can go another level. We all know it. We've all got, we've all got to step up in us. And if we actually want to do something in this tournament, we're going to have to do it. Otherwise, we're going to go home wondering. And it's just going to be like, oh, you know, we were there to take part in it. You know, we were, we, I was involved in a World Cup, but, you know, that's it. This might have happened or yeah. we might get a bad decision. And it's like, oh, well, if this ref gave this decision better, you know, we might have been in this position. Or, you know, if maybe if this team didn't play as well, we could have been there. But we genuinely, my belief is we have the team to go the whole way, like, there's some powerful men in this group in our in our forward packs, some of the best handling type five in the world. I think on as a whole, you know, we're we're, we're right there. We just have to unlock that last final touch, and I think that comes with that that yeah. group bind and that belief. And it's just you got to want it more than them. You genuinely just have to want it. You know. Talk to me about those first couple of games, that Fiji game, which we we saw you on the big screen after a a shunt from. Uh, was he your old teammate as yeah. well, Tuisaba? Was he was he down in Toulon back in the time? And yeah, that's uh, there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing like getting one over your mate. Yeah, exactly. I, I spent a bit of time. Uh, well, Josh was my next door neighbour for two years, so we spent a lot of time together. Um, and I've seen him do that to guys probably four times a week every game. <laughs> so I know I know his moves as well, yeah, but brilliant. he just he lined me up perfectly. You know, he had a, he had a bit of space on the outside, so I tried to <laughs> I tried to jockey him, and then he sort of did his little stutter step, and just I had to open up, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he got me. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was almost one of those moments like, okay, well played, but look, I'll be coming straight back at you, and I think I I got him to jam twice, so I told him I made sure he knew about that that we got to try because him, so it's about one all. <laughs> I was going to say was was a little bit of, was there a little bit of chat after he uh, after he gave you a bit of a swipe there? Yeah, we also. Uh, I stepped him in that second half at the start of it, and I was straight through, and he just threw an arm out and grabbed my, got a hold of my, my, my left testicle, actually, and literally just held on. That's all he had a hold of. So I literally I had to check. I was like, I, I genuinely thought he did some damage for a bit, but I was straight through as well. <laughs> <laughs> the physios all came over. They thought I'd torn my groin or something. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that's that's uh, one make it one way to make you stop running. That's uh, that's pretty quick. Exactly right. That's the first half done. Time to grab a quick break. Don't go anywhere. More of James O'Connor coming your way. Stay with us. Hi there, Sandra Sully here. Right now is a great time to indulge in some great conversations, and we've got some great podcasts here at Ten Speaks. So grab your headphones and listen up. There's Hammer at Home, a lifestyle and design podcast with Barry Dubois, Starstruck with Angela Bishop for some great celebrity interviews, and Talking Rugby with Matt Burke, where Matt chats with rugby greats both past and present. Now, don't forget my show, Short Black, where I am proud to be able to tell the stories of some amazing women. Look for all these shows on the Acast app or wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Welcome back to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke. We're almost through the pool stages of this year's Rugby World Cup, and today I'm chatting with Wallabies number 13, James O'Connor. Just going on that, um, just the back end of that, uh, that Fiji game, how, how physical was that? And then also leaning into that Wales game, how physical was that? It looks like it's just going nuts at the moment. 
Is that what the standard of rugby is these days now, watching it? Because it looked massive. Yeah. Big men that move well. Uh, you know, I think they were two sort of very different games um, in the terms of sort of the, obviously it was very physical, but uh, the line speed that Wales brought and just their their ability to just shut the match down and just slow it down. Obviously, they had a bit of help from someone we might, won't mention. It's not an excuse, but uh, <laughs> it was just, it, it was, it was, being on the field, it was we just wanted to speed everything up and play, and it was just almost frustrating to the point where we just we couldn't. And any time we did sort of get momentum, and we did sort of started playing, we started playing our shape, and we started making, you know, making moves and and really getting into the game. Somehow we'd just sort of be stopped and slowed. And I guess that's a great their great ability to be able to close the game out, which is like I talked about us going to that next level is being able to adapt and and move on the on on the go and, uh, you know, make new calculations to be able to win those games. How much does Czech give you that uh, ability to do that, mate? Because, I mean, I suppose one of the criticisms these days is, uh, well, not so much a criticism, but the, the whole heads-up rugby uh, everyone talks about. Are you guys allowed to play what's in front of you? I think that's our whole sort of game plan for the way we're playing now is playing what's in front of us, I guess. The presidents more we call them the presidents. So the halfbacks probably have the most mm. uh, most say in their ability to get out and and you've probably seen it this year. You know, sniper and we call it snake charming. You know, take take the defense on and also our tens have the ability to I guess play kick, kick short, play wide like mm. we can. We've got that two sided attack going quite a bit. So, um, but for me, it's more my role is just to feed the information into them. So I'm just telling them constantly the picture I'm seeing. If we can attack the front line, if we can go out the back, how we're going to sort of, how we should shift it wide. And I'm just trying to connect up, hearing the voices from the outside when they want it. I got to get it to them. Otherwise, it's on me. So, yeah, I guess in terms of my role in the team, that's it. But you know, obviously, if you look at some of the, the other teams in the World Cup, you can genuinely see their player pod system. So it is very structured. You can see they're playing sort of three phases attack off the side, and they've got three guys, and they've got another pod of three forwards with someone sitting out the back, which we've sort of moved. Away from that, probably you guys have uh, have noticed that you in particular. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about that because um, you know the how much work then you have to do on the opposition to uh, understand where they're coming from and what channels they're going to. Because if you uh, if you throw a couple of change up, then so it, it it sort of puts the structure out of everything out of perspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess that's that's where it comes back. Obviously, we do our homework and we are watching footage and and their trends and stuff. But the the best footballers can adapt. Yeah, you know on the run you're literally you're as the as the game's unfolding you're making reads and you're literally you know you're just playing what's in front and that's on the on the back end of that is defensively as well the best defense is attacking you know you're you're getting to that play you're getting to the space before they are you're reading where they want to play and where they it's almost like where the holes are that's going to be closed up so it's almost like that's the fool's gold so you're you're trying to trap them into that to take this option and and such it's uh i like it it can all like get pretty it. complicated but but when you're when you're just feeling it out it just comes naturally you're not actually thinking about it you're just just going with it like we said before yeah you, you sort of i suppose you, you sort of got to be blank don't you and, and just sort of play what's there rather than having too much swirling around in your head at the time 100 percent. your mind your mind can be like your biggest your biggest asset in terms of like pushing you forward and you've at training obviously you you know, that's the whole point of training is you're working these scenarios so they become, you know, second nature, those movement patterns and whatnot. But then once you get on the field, for me, it's I blank everything out and I'm literally just 
going with it. I just watch myself move to places. That's when I'm playing my best footy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk about mindset. And and I, and I you know, we were over there. We watched you guys do your stuff. It's intense at training. Uh, you know, talking to the uh, to the coaches. It's you know that 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 Tuesday warrior session is huge. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. everyone else at home now listening. Uh, what, what, how, how do you get away from it? How's Tokyo treating you and, and what do you do in your downtime? For me, I enjoyed some of the other places we've been to, like up north and down south where it wasn't so much in the heart of it. Tokyo is, is full on. It's full noise. It's You look out your window on the 33rd floor and you're only halfway up and <laughs> literally all you see is like a concrete jungle. It's You can't, you got to, you know, spot the, the, the part of green, greenery. So... For me, like uh, I was talking about it before, there's the, the onsens. They have a great sort of yeah. a culture over here where after work, everyone sort of connects together. All the men go together and sort of there's like hot pools, sulfur, sort of jacuzzis and uh, saunas, steam rooms, and everyone sort of goes in there, has a tea, unwinds, and, you know, you connect with, with the guys and sort of get away from footy. And obviously, we've got our other things as well. We just, you know, go out for a coffee, go for a stroll and just take in the atmosphere. Like there is... Even sort of during the week, you, there's so many rugby supporters there and the Japanese have gotten right behind rugby. It's, it is pretty incredible to see. It's an amazing, amazing vibe here. I know, I know you're, uh, you're, you're Australian through and through and, and, and we, we don't want to look too far ahead, but I'm sure you're keeping an eye on the rest of the tournament. What about Japan? From, from your guys' sake, yeah. they've, just, they've, just, they've just lit this tournament up. They have. They're, they're, they're playing great footy. They're holding the ball well. Like, like I said, everyone's sort of got their, we were just talking before about pod systems and whatnot, but they they seem to be, you know, adapting very well on the run. They're changing the picture up and attack and they're, they're really mixing up. It's going to be, well, I'm, I'm hoping that they go through. I think it would be incredible for, <laughs> you know, rugby and also it'd be good if they, yeah. Can knock one of those guys out for us too. I think I think everybody is. Uh, you know, from from being up there and seeing the support, which is massive, and then uh, you know the, the the red and white jersey floating around, they are getting a whole yeah. heap of support. Um, I tell you what, you guys did uh, and did well, and all the teams are doing it now. He's giving the little, you know, the the respect, the bow at the end of the games um, to yeah. the crowds. How, how much how much does that play on you? Sort of just hooking. The supporters, not only your own, but but everyone else's out there as well. Well, I think oh, it's been so close to Japan, like they've they've jumped on our bandwagon as well. Like there's so many Aussie supporters in the stands, which is incredible to have you know that backing behind us in such an important tournament. And you 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 know yourself, like when you win the crowd, it's like the gladiators of old. Like when you win the crowd, it, it's an extra you know an extra try at least. Yeah. So you're out there and like you can feel the energy and then pushing you. So. Obviously, there's a few guys in the team who have played in Japan before, so you know they know all the, the little cultural tweaks and you know after the, after the game going around and bowing and whatnot. But that sort of stuff I have genuinely enjoyed off the field as well. They they are very interesting people, and I've I've been I've, yeah I've, I have thoroughly enjoyed it getting to know sort of their culture a bit more. So it's uh, so it's James O'Connor now Maximus Decimus Meridius. That's the uh, that's the one now, is it? <laughs> The, the leader Bloody of the, uh, the century. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Hey, um, <laughs> I know you. I know you've had a, an incredible run throughout your career, and there's been a few hiccups on the way through. And but I remember meeting you as a, I think, a 17 year old up in Hong Kong when you first played the sevens up there, and I saw this young kid just loving it all uh, and and embracing it all. 
is the spirit still there? Is is in the love for the game? Yeah, well, that's the thing I've I've found back. That was my big. That's my why. My purpose for playing again. I've, I've spoken about a little bit on the other side is playing for. I guess well, hoping to inspire men that possibly were lost to be able to follow their dream and and get back on track and just get those little wins. But the other part is, I just love my craft. You know, bringing the enjoyment back and. When when you when you love playing rugby, you go to work every day, and it's not work; it's your passion. So you just want to yeah. keep improving. You just want to keep getting that next level. It's it almost becomes an obsession, and I'm obsessed with rugby again. And hopefully, everyone can see that because I'm thoroughly enjoying the experience. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? I I used to always say it was a I played a hobby for a living and got paid for it, and and that's yeah, sort of know. you know the the way you're um you have to approach it sometimes. Uh, mate, just uh, just finally, you're heading on into the last uh, pool game. There's still so much riding on this. What can we expect from from you boys on on Friday night and then moving forward? Well, that's the thing. I'd, I'd like to say we're going to step it up a notch. I've, you can you can like I said, you can feel the energy at training. You can feel the group like everyone's more focused than I've ever felt. And you know we're spearheading now. Our, you know, we know our job at hand and we know sort of what, where we've had, you know, little little tweaks to our game that, you know, we needed to adjust to be able to move forward and, and really, you know, make this tournament and make this next game in particular ours and, and just take that momentum forward. Now, I've, I've, I can't let you go before I ask you who's, who's, uh, who's embracing uh, the Japanese culture and who is just struggling over there in downtown <laughs> Tokyo wanting KFC or McDonald's? What's, who's... What, Name names, mate. Name names. <laughs> Who's embracing the culture? Uh, to be honest, everyone's getting around it. Like I think, in terms of, like the onsen stuff, all like all our all our Pacific boys are, are thoroughly enjoying it. Like getting, <laughs> getting into the the hot tubs, jumping in the sauna. Every time I go up there, there's genuinely the whole pack of twelve of them that you just taking over, which that's pretty incredible to see. But. Who's struggling? Um, who, who's, who's ordering room service each night because they don't know what's going on? <laughs> to be fair, the, the the food here is incredible. Literally, the buffet and the service that we get at dinner, you don't need to go out anywhere. We literally have access to any type of sushi. you got your Japanese curries. you got, what is that, like that Korean barbecue where you sort of cook the meat on the hot yeah. pot? We've been getting that sorted. So I think I think the guys are going all right. Uh, it, mate, it sounds like you're enjoying yourself and good to see you're a team player and you haven't, Ripped anyone apart and thrown them on the uh, on the dump as well at the same time. Uh, James, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for talking rugby. Uh, we wish you the very best uh, in the game coming up, and obviously when it comes finals time to go the whole way, mate. No, Thank thanks, you. mate. Appreciated. Well, that's a full time whistle already. It's been an absolutely fascinating chat with James O'Connor, and as they say. There's always two sides to every story. I'll speak to you soon, huh? Good on you, buddy. Yeah, take care. Bye. Next week, we'll have another special Wallabies guest for you on Talking Rugby. So as we head to the finals, don't miss an episode. Make sure you subscribe. You've been listening to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke. 